It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 25 of season 2 and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Meet Mr. McNutley was a short-lived but hilarious comedy sitcom that ran for only one season in 1954. At the same time, the same titled show ran on TV, with the same actors, although for two seasons, through 1955, and the name of the TV show was changed to The Ray Milland Show during the second season. It starred Ray Milland as Mr. McNutley, an English teacher at Lynn Haven College for Girls, and Phyllis Avery played his wife, Peggy. Only a handful of episodes of the radio show have survived to the present, sadly, so sit back and relax for the March 18, 1954 broadcast of Meet Mr. McNutley. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. GE Radios and GE Television presents the General Electric Comedy Theater transcribed starring Ray Milland in Meet Mr. McNutley, created by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher, with Phyllis Avery and Gordon Jones. And I'm Del Sharbot, your narrator, to tell you that General Electric now has a clock radio that lulls you to sleep to your own records, soothes you with music you choose, then turns itself off. Yes, at no increase in price, GE's new model has a phonojack so you can plug in your record player. The GE clock radio wakes you to records, too, or to radio music or news. Start your morning coffee, turns on appliances automatically. Buy a GE clock radio. It's the world's most useful radio. Ten other GE clock radios to choose from, too, with prices from twenty-seven ninety-five. Professor Raymond McDudley is considered to know a great deal about the fair sex. After all, doesn't he teach at Lynn Haven College for women? And yet there are times when the good professor seems something less than an expert on the subject. This morning, for instance, Ray really should have been a little suspicious when his wife Peggy insisted on his reading the morning paper at the breakfast table. Uh, anything exciting in the paper, dear? No, no, just the usual stuff, Peg. Oh, just nothing at all? Well... Here's an item. Local woman is asking for a divorce because her husband is a sleepwalker. Huh. That doesn't seem much to complain about. Now, if her husband were one of those men who went out every night... That's just what he did. He walked while she slept. (laughs) Oh. Well, uh, what else is in the paper? Oh, nothing really, Peg. Oh, it can't be that dull, Ray. Read me some headlines. What for? Just read them to me. Uh, uh, Try over on page two. Oh, All right, Peg. What's there you want me to see on page two? Oh, just a little item about a Broadway musical coming to town. And you want to go see it? It opens tonight at the Orpheum. Peggy, do you want to go see it? I think you would want to. It stars Sheila Castle. Oh. (laughs) Sheila Castle. Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes, 
Harris, the darling of two continents and former great and good friend of Raymond McNutley. Oh, now, really, Peggy, that was years before I met you. Miss Castle was merely a casual acquaintance. Uh-huh. <laughs> casual. Don't I recall a story about you throwing caution to the winds and madly pursuing Sheila around Cape Cod one whole summer in one of those small foreign cars? Darling, I was just out of school. I was very young. I was very innocent. Mm -hmm. and, uh... I thought it was a little more serious than that. Didn't Sheila once refer to you in an interview as that mad, impetuous boy who made her forget for a moment that she was queen of Broadway? Oh, that was just ridiculous newspaper talk. Why, Sheila's had two or three husbands since then. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, that's Pete. Give me a lift. Afraid I have to run, Peg. Uh, Ray. Yes, dear. What was it that made you lose interest in Sheila? Oh, now, Peggy. Well, there must have been something. Oh, darling, some other time. Mm -hmm. Pete's waiting for me. What was it, Ray? Oh, all right, all right. It was the perfume she wore. Do you remember what it was called? Yes, Man Overboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't funny, Peg. There was something about that perfume that I was allergic to. Oh, you mean like hay fever? Like hay fever. Peggy, where's my hat? Oh, I'll get it. I bought you a new one yesterday. All right, Pete, all right. Oh, now what? Hello. Is this Professor McNutley's residence? Yes, who is this? Raymond, it's Sheila, darling. Who? Raymond, can you hear me? I'm so sorry. Mr. McNutley, he's not here. He leaves town. He's not come back long time. Goodbye. Here's your new hat, Ray. Thanks. Don't you like it? Sure, crazy about it. Oh, good. I even had your initials put in it. Fine, fine. I gotta go, Pink. Oh, Ray, what was that phone call? Oh, uh, nothing really. Just a dog pound. Uh, they, uh, they wanted to know if we'd retrieved a lost Labrador. I mean, uh, I'll see you tonight, honey. Well, well, that's really something, Ray boy. A big Broadway star calling you the minute she hits town. But why, Pete? After all these years, why should Sheila want to look me up? Why? Well, weren't you and she sort of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, we were not. <laughs> you mean not even a little, uh... <laughs> Maybe, uh, <laughs> but definitely not. <laughs> In other words, just, uh, good friends? Exactly. I'll <clears throat> <laughs> cut it out, Pete. Pete, I'm a married man. No, I'm going to keep far, far away from her. Ray. Yeah. You having lunch with Sheila? Pete, I just told you there's absolutely no reason for me to see her. The flame has been dead for years. Dead, huh? Ray, boy, you know what they taught us in the Boy Scouts? The combination of dead embers and a strong wind can sure do a powerful lot of damage. And something tells me this could be the night of the big wind. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello. Uh, hello. I'd like to know how to get in touch with Mr. McNutley, please. Who is this? Sheila Castle. Oh. I'm an old, old, old friend of Ray's. 
I'm uh, sorry, Miss Castle, but Mr. McNutley just left for work. He'll be tied up in his classroom all day. Oh, then he is in town. When I called earlier, the houseboy said he'd gone on a trip. <laughs> oh, really? Then uh, you called here before. Yes. Now, would you be a sweet thing and tell the dear boy that I called? <laughs> yes, I'll tell the dear boy. Oh, by the way, I didn't ask who you are. Are you the cook, darling? Uh, oh, no. I'm, I'm just the upstairs maid. Goodbye, Miss Castle. The cook. Hm. I wonder what she wants of Ray. Well, at least as long as he's in his classroom, she can't get at him. Or can she? And then Romeo attempts to comfort his friend Mercutio, who has just received a fatal blow. Courage, man, the hurt cannot be much. Uh, Professor Miss Nutley. And Mercutio replies, no, it is not so deep as a well, nor so wide as a church door. Professor McNutley. Oh, good morning, Miss Bradley. Professor, there's a person out in the hallway who insists on seeing you. Oh? Who is it, Miss Bradley? She wouldn't give me her name. She said she wanted to surprise you. Does she look like anyone I might know? If you do, you've been keeping a lot of things from us, Professor. <laughs> it's got blonde hair, high French heels, leopard skin coat, and wears a perfume that smells like... Uh... Man overboard. <laughs> Why, mm. Professor. Oh, excuse me, class. I'll be right back. Ray, darling. Oh, uh... <laughs> Hello, Sheila. It's, uh, it's nice to see you again. Oh, and you too, darling. You haven't changed one bit. Uh, oh, Miss Bradley, I, uh, <laughs> I'd like you to meet Miss Sheila Castle. Oh, how do you do? Uh, oh, not the Sheila Castle of Broadway. None other, my dear. I'm opening here tonight at the Orpheum. I see. And you and Mr. McNutley are old friends. Old friends? Oh, my dear girl, at one time we were simply mad about each other. Sheila, please. Oh, look at him blush, Miss Bradley. <laughs> He's still the same shy old chubby-wubbykin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, isn't he, though? Well, I'm sure you two have lots to talk about, and I have work in my office. Happy to have met you, Miss Castle. Thank you, darling. Sheila, you had no business coming here. But, Ray, pet, why not? Why not? Darling, I didn't think you could possibly refuse. You know, for old times' sake. Sheila, may I remind you that I... That I... I... Still allergic to me. Well, it's that, uh, that, uh, that, perfume you wear. How anybody could like it. Well, my three husbands did, darling. In a way, it's brought me my best notices. Ah, yeah, that, that, that's right. There, you see? Now, what was it you were telling me, darling? That I have a wife and a home. <laughs> well, of course, and I'm so happy for you. But I don't see what that has to do with enrolling Joanne at Lynnhaven College. Joanne? My daughter. Her heart is set on going to school here, but I've heard that it's so difficult to get accepted that they're frightfully fussy. So I thought you might be able to put in a good word for Joanne. 
Then you didn't come here to... Uh, you weren't thinking of... Uh... No, I guess you weren't. Say, <laughs> you're acting very strangely. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing really, Sheila. I'll, uh, I'll be happy to do anything I can to help your daughter enroll at Lynn Haven. Oh, thank you, darling. In fact, I'll go in and talk to Miss Bradley about it right now. Shall I wait? Uh, no, no. You run along, Sheila, and it's so nice to have seen you again. Yes. And goodbye, darling. Come in. Uh, Miss Bradley, uh, may I see you just a moment? Uh, come right in, chubby wobbakin. <laughs> I'm home. Oh, cooking dinner. How are you, Peg? Hello. <laughs> Peggy, is there something wrong? After you left this morning, you got another call from the dog pound. <laughs> what? This time, the Labrador retriever left her name. Sheila Castle. Oh. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, that's what I wanted to tell you, darling. Uh, she stopped by school to see me. Mm-hmm. I suppose she's the sort who would do that. Oh, now, Peggy, there's nothing to be jealous about. The whole thing was rather amusing. Ho, mm -hmm. ho. <laughs> Peggy, she just wanted my help to get her daughter enrolled in Lynnhaven. Oh, Ray, you mean that was all? Of course, darling. So, you see, there's nothing to be upset about. Well, Dad... That's the stuff. Now just give me a kiss. Mm. <laughs> Ray, what's that under your arm? Oh, oh, I almost forgot. I bought you a box of candy. Oh, no. No. Darling, what's wrong? It's a guilty conscience. A guilty conscience. Oh, Peggy, you've got to believe me. Sheila means absolutely nothing to me. We, we just talked a little about old times and, uh... Well, then I started his knees again. Just like old times. Peggy! Oh! Peggy, darling! Honey! Oh. Okay, you win. It's the night of the big wind and no storm cellar. Is discoursing that it pays to tell the truth. Another truth everyone knows is that no television set is any better than its picture. And General Electric TV's picture is best of all for many reasons. First, GE is the first to use a 21-inch aluminized picture tube. This GE tube with its magic mirror makes blacks blacker and whites whiter, gives up to 100% more contrast than any other kind. General Electric's invisible dust seal prevents dust from collecting on the face of the picture tube. GE tilts its black-tinted safety glass so that room light and reflections are directed down, away from your eyes. And GE's 21-inch screen is a full 21 inches. Gives you 252 square inches of viewing area, not 220 square inches found in some 21-inch sets. When we say clearest picture in TV, that's not just a claim. It's the judgment of over 100,000 TV shoppers who voted GETV's picture clearest 
seven to one nationwide. CGE now listed from only one seventy nine ninety five. And now back to the Ray Milland show. Meet Mister McNutley. Well, it's the next morning now. Peggy and Ray McDuffley have finished breakfast, and yet neither one has made a move to leave the table. There's plenty of sound going on, though. Peggy ominously taps her toe against the floor. Ray, poor Ray, sits nervously popping his knuckles. And then suddenly, almost unbelievably... Ray. Hmm? Yes, dear? I'm sorry about the way I acted last night. You are? Mm-hmm. I've thought it all out. After all, you didn't ask Sheila Castle to come to town. No, I certainly didn't. And then, then you didn't ask her to visit you at school. No, I did not. And, and when you brought home that box of candy, I should have known that it was simply a sweet, spontaneous gesture. Completely spontaneous. Yeah, after all, I bought you that new hat just the day before, and it wasn't because I had anything to feel guilty about. Of course not, dear. The whole trouble started with my teasing you about Sheila. We, we just talked about her too much. Entirely too much. Good. Then it's agreed. What's agreed? We won't say another word about her. We won't even mention her name, no matter what. Well, I'll kiss on that. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me, dear. Hello? Peggy, this is Betty. Oh, yes, Betty. Darling, I just talked to the girls, and we've got a wonderful idea. Instead of playing bridge this afternoon, let's all go to the matinee at the Orpheum and see Sheila Castle. Oh, you mean... Uh... Yes, dear, everyone around the school is talking about how she and your husband are such old friends, so we thought that after the matinee, you might take us backstage to meet her in person. Well, uh, I, I don't know, Betty. I, Why, I... Peggy, honey, surely there's no reason you wouldn't want us to meet Miss Castle, is there? Oh, no, Betty, of course not. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Then we'll get the tickets and pick you up at two, huh? Oh, won't it be fun? Yeah, just barrels and barrels of. Goodbye, Betty. I gotta go, Peg. Pete just pulled up outside. Oh, all right. Oh, don't forget your new hat. Oh, that's right. Uh, by the way, uh, what are you and Betty buying, dear? Buying? Yeah, I heard you say something about barrels and barrels. Of what? Oh, no. She wants all of us girls to go see, uh... To go see you. Ah, uh, you're right, Ray. We're buying barrels and barrels of this stuff. Goodbye, dear. <laughs> you sent for me, Miss Bradley? Uh, yes, Mr. McNapley. I've been going over Miss Castle's application for the enrollment of her daughter in the school. And I believe we shall be able to take favorable action. Well, I'm sure Miss Castle will be very happy to hear that. Yes, we've had very few theatrical people here at Lynnhaven, and it may be very good for us. Broaden our outlook, so to speak. Oh, I agree, Miss Bradley. Oh, yes. And, uh, and since we have the formal entrance papers ready for Miss Castle's signature, I'd like you to take them over to her. You want me to take them to the theater? Mr. McDuffley... There's no reason you wouldn't want to, is there? Well, I, uh... No, no, of course not. Oh, very well. Here they are. Uh, you can take them to her after classes this afternoon. Thank you, Miss Bradley. Oh, um, uh, Mr. McNutley. Yes? Don't forget that you're a professor of a respectable woman's college and not a stage door Jimmy. 
<laughs> it's Johnny, Miss Bradley. Stage door Johnny. Just a minute, buddy. How'd you sneak past me at the stage door? I didn't sneak. I'm here to see Miss Sheila Castle. Uh-huh. You guys never get too old, do you? Now, see here, I'm Professor McNatley of Linhaven College, an old friend of Miss Castle's, and I'd like to see her right now. Well, you can't. She's still on stage. Uh, you're an old friend, you say? Yes. Well, maybe it's okay, then. The show's almost over. You can wait in Miss Castle's dressing room. Just tell Helga who you are. Helga? That's her Swedish maid. That, that's the dressing room right over there. Okay, thanks. Helga? Huh. Not here. Well, I might as well sit down, and I, I guess it's okay to smoke my pipe in here. Ah, there's the curtain. <laughs> Just like old times. And uh, these are two of my friends, Miss Castle, Betty Matthews and Helen Whitney. How do you do, Miss Oh, how nice to see all of you, and especially Ray's wife. You are such a sweet thing, darling. Oh, thank you, Miss Castle. Oh, call me Sheila Pet. Oh, excuse me, girls. I have to take another curtain call. I'll only be a minute. Wait for me in my dressing room. Do you think we should, girls? Oh, yes, Peggy. This will be a treasured memory for all of us. Isn't this wonderful? Uh-huh. What's keeping Sheila? Maybe I can go out and find the... Oh, her name must be on the dressing room door, girl. Oh, no, no, Peggy and the friends. Oh, if they see me. Wait a minute. Sure, I'll, I'll hide behind that dressing screen. No, I'll lay me down to sleep. Now I pray. Yes, this is it. Oh, just think of all the famous stars who must have used this dressing room. Yes, and imagine the world of secrets hidden in here. Mm. Girls, do you smell smoke? Hmm? <laughs> yes. Strong, isn't it? Oh, terribly. Sheila must smoke those Turkish cigarettes. Mm. <laughs> Smells more like a pipe to me. <laughs> Sheila with a pipe? <laughs> well, probably not, but the scent smells like one. I'm used to it because Ray always... Yes, Peggy? <laughs> it's a Turkish cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, do you see what I see? What? Where? There, on Sheila's dressing table, with all the cosmetics. A man's hat. Well, uh, what about it? It's it's only a hat. Girls, I think there's a man in here with us. Oh, no, no. I tell you, I can sense it. I can almost feel him. (laughs) Do you think she has a, a lover hidden in here? Oh, now, let's not be ridiculous. Uh, Betty's hiding in that closet with all Sheila's costumes. Me behind that screen? Yes. Well, let's go take a look. Uh, uh, Girls, wait. Oh, that smoke. That smoke. What about it? Oh, I think the building's on fire. Let's get out of here. Fire? Oh, my goodness. Come on, come on, quick. Come on, Peggy. Come on. All right, Raymond McNutley. You can come out from behind that screen. Peggy, Peggy, I can explain everything. We'll save that for later. The girls will be coming back as soon as they find out there's no fire. We've got to get you out before they... Quick, behind the screen. I can't. Sheila's costumes are reeking of that awful perfume of hers. I'll get hay fever. Ray, please, for my All sake. right, all right. Look, throw me that bandana. What, on this dressing table? Yes, yeah, never mind. Just give it to me. Thanks. Peggy, there's no smoke anywhere except in this dressing room. Oh, really? 
Oh, I, I'm sorry, girls. It must have been my imagination. Oh, my goodness. You certainly gave us a fright. Yeah! <laughs> what was that? Oh, uh, I, I just sneezed. Uh, I've, uh, I've got a... Uh, hay fever. Oh, isn't that a shame, dear? You can't! <laughs> well, now, that's odd. You didn't sneeze just then, and yet I distinctly heard it. Oh, that was my echo. An, an echo? Well, it wouldn't take that long to... Oh, it would, too. You know, sound travels slower at low altitudes. <laughs> well, you certainly zoomed up fast on that one. Yes, and the echo came from behind that screen. Oh, I'm terribly sorry to be so long, darlings. After the curtain calls, there were newspaper photographers. Uh, Miss Castle, we think you should know there's somebody hiding behind your dressing screen. My dressing screen. Oh, now, please, girl. Look, there's somebody's head sticking over the top right now. Yes, and wearing a bandana. All right, come out from behind there, whoever you are. Oh. I've been glad to meet you all. <laughs> Who are you? And what are you doing in my marigold robe? A Ben Helga's cousin, ma'am. A Ben, her cousin, Dagmar. <laughs> but where is Helga? She Ben got the miseries, ma'am. I ain't used helping her out. Well, that's the queerest Swedish accent I ever heard. <laughs> it sounds almost southern. Yeah, A Ben from the deep south of the Fargo. <laughs> so, I used on my way there now. Goodbye. Dagmar, come back here with my robe. Hey, Ben, sorry, ma'am. Hey, Ben, got a date south of the border. I am a rancher, Grandy. I am a Ray's usual good taste in clothes generally doesn't run to marabou robes. But speaking of good taste, ladies, how does your television set look when it's turned off? Well, if it's a General Electric, it expresses your own good taste. GE TVs are crafted in handsome fruit woods, in mahogany, in oak, and walnut, in native hardwoods, and veneers. There are designs for every style of decoration. Comb grain white oak for contemporary living rooms. Rich, dark-figured mahogany models that complement the traditional. And GE wood cabinets are all wood, too. That means finer appearance and sturdier construction. And it assures better tone, too. And gentlemen, when you turn your GE on, you'll see the picture voted clearest by 7 to 1 by over 100,000 TV shoppers. Folks like you and me who made side-by-side -side showdowns of all leading makes. Voted best 7 to 1. Isn't that the set you want? And now back to the Ray Milan Show. Meet Mr. McDuffley. Oh, without a doubt, Peggy, that was the most embarrassing afternoon of my life. Well, it didn't have to be, darling. I know you went to the theater on business. Why hide behind Sheila's screen? Well, honey, when I saw you and your entourage descending on me, 5,000 years of civilization simply fell away. <laughs> Primordial instinct just took over. Mm. Who'd be calling at this hour? Good evening, Peggy. Oh, well, Betty, come in. Well, what brings you by, Miss Matthews? I, uh, came to return this hat, Professor. Oh. 
<laughs> yes, I found it in Miss Castle's dressing room, and I knew the professor wouldn't want to lose it. Uh, Miss Matthews, what gave you the idea that this is my hat? The initials are in it. R.M. I see. Now, will you allow me to put on the hat, please? Oh, well, of course. It's yours. Now, does it fit my head, Miss Matthews? Good heavens. doesn't fit you at all. It's right on top of your head. Miss Matthews, I trust you will eventually find the rightful owner. Well, I... I, I just don't know what to say, Mr. McNutley. Well, I think good night would be in order, and uh, please take the hat with you. Yes. Good night, Professor. Peggy. Ray, how did you do it? I know that was your hat. I bought it myself. Yeah. But did you ever see me wear it? No. Because I couldn't. It was at least three sizes too small. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't tell you about it because... Well, I just couldn't bring myself to hurt your feelings. Really? You thought that much of me? Honey, you know the way I feel about you. They can take all the Sheila castles in the world no, and... Oh, darling, come here and get kissed. Chubby Wubbykins. <laughs> Dagmar. <laughs> just, uh, come and get it. Ray Milan will be back in just a moment. Tonight's show was adapted for radio by Leonard St. Clair from a television show by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher and was directed by Joe Rines. The Ray Milan Show is a review production. Every week, GE Radios and GE Television bring you transcribed the General Electric Comedy Theater starring Ray Milan in Meet Mr. McNutley on both radio and TV. Consult your newspaper for time and station. Now, here's Ray Milan. Thank you, Dell. Join the McNutleys next week and every week on radio and television. You'll enjoy the show's best with a GE clock radio and a GE TV with Ultravision. So give them a look at your GE dealers. They're a friend of mine. Good night. In tonight's cast were Verna Felton, Joan Banks, Mary Jane Cross, Jean Vanderpile, and Charlie Cantor. And this is Dell Charbot speaking. I really enjoy that show. It's a shame there aren't more surviving episodes, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Spring is finally here, at least in my neck of the woods here in central Illinois, and I'm so glad to see the sub-zero temps behind us. I hope everyone enjoys their week, and I thank you for listening to the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce, and remember... Don't ever lose your sense of humor! <laughs>